Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, once again, everybody. Welcome to this latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast. It is powered by Patterson Square Garden. I'm Darren Gunn. And, of course, it's a rematch weekend between the Eagles and the Washington football team and some nervous Eagle fans because they remembered, even though Washington was not at full strength, that game was a lot closer than a lot of people anticipated. So I'm going behind enemy lines to get the uh, Washington perspective this week from a guy I have a lot of respect for, a friend I've known for quite some time. Uh, he covers the Washington team for NBC Sports DC. Uh, great writer, great reporter. You can also hear him in the DC area on 106.7, a fan along with a familiar name from these parts, Brian Mitchell, hopefully a future Hall of Famer. JP Finley, how you doing today, my brother? Gunner, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I, I think it's definitely safe to say that that Washington team was undermanned for that <laughs> night game in Philadelphia. Hey, man, uh, they were decimated. I mean, let's be honest. They were decimated by COVID injuries. Approaching this rematch, uh, what's their health situation now? Well, it's much better, right? I mean, let's be honest. Where they were hurt the most was at the quarterback spot. They had to start a dude named Garrett Gilbert who had been with the organization for three days because um, all their, their two starting quarterbacks or their two legitimate quarterbacks, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, both had COVID. Um, 
they'll have Heineke back. Heineke's starting this game. On paper, that should be good, but his last two games have both been against the Cowboys, and they've both been god-awful. Um, he's been sacked eight times. He's got four turnovers, two pick sixes in those two games. Um, the Cowboys' defensive front is vicious, as you guys know. Um, Micah Parsons is probably going to be at least defensive rookie of the year, and the Cowboys just ate Heineke's lunch and the Washington offensive line. Um, the offensive line fared a little bit better when they played Philly, you know, whatever that was, eight, 11 days ago or whatever. Um, I think uh, health-wise, they're okay. They've lost Landon Collins for the year. Um, William Jackson III isn't practicing. But they're going to have Cam Curl back defensively, which will help them a ton. Dallas Goddard had a big day against Washington. Um, I think Cam Curl will really slow down Goddard. He's he's a really good safety that can cover tight ends well. Um, you know, they should have Mont- – well, Montez Sweat's going through his own personal thing. His brother was just shot and killed. Um, I, I kind of doubt he plays, but you never know. The, the one injury thing that has me cautious about Sunday for Washington is Antonio Gibson, their running back, missed Thursday's practice. And that was after playing in Dallas on Sunday. And then he practiced Wednesday. So, so that's a little odd. And, dude, you're going to – you might laugh at this, but I think you'll know that I'm serious. Arguably Washington's best and most consistent player over the last five years yeah. is their punter, Tress Webb. Oh, my and goodness. <laughs> he just landed on the COVID list. So, oh, geez. <laughs> they don't have another punter. They're going to have to sign somebody. Um, and, and, dude, I'm like, for them, their punter is a real weapon. So, take that for what it's worth. My, my goodness with this team. Uh, you talked about Taylor Heineke and uh, uh, Kyle Allen. Uh, now, Ron Rivera has said earlier in the week that both will play. Heineke starts, both will play. What's the philosophy behind that? talking too much i, I think <laughs> offense coordinator scott turner spoke later in the week he's like yeah that's not the plan taylor started I, I think i think ron was trying to make it clear to taylor through the press that he's got to play better and they're going to pull him um but you know i i spoke to ron early like after because his first couple comments on it just made no sense. He's like, yeah, Taylor's going to start, but Allen will probably play. And we're like, uh, what the hell does that mean? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, there'll be an, if, if there's an opportunity, there's an opportunity. And in a way, he's saying, like, yeah, my quarterback stinks. Then I'm going to go to the backup, which is pretty fair. I mean, Taylor's last two starts, he hasn't finished the game. Uh, one due to injury, one due to performance. Um, and, and I think – Listen, it, it, it's an extreme long shot. I, I think yeah. it's about 2,500 to one or whatever. But Washington still has a chance at the playoffs. But they don't if they lose to Philly. Mm-hmm. So if Heineke's performance is poor, again, they've got to have a pretty quick hook. We haven't seen a quick hook. Um, I think in both of the Dallas games, they should have gone to Kyle Allen at halftime, and they didn't. Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke gives you something – that's really hard to kind of prepare for and explain. And it's his ability to make plays out of, out of nowhere. Right. But just kind of the problem with Heineke is if they can't run the ball, he doesn't, he doesn't run just like an efficient offense. There's no right. quick passing game with Heineke. Kyle Allen gives you that stuff. 
He doesn't give you the ability to make the crazy plays to make something out of nothing like Heineke does, but it's a more functional move down the field, hit a slant, hit a quick out route, whatever it is, passing game with Kyle Allen in there. Now, as you just mentioned a moment ago, Washington got embarrassed on national TV by Dallas. We see teammates swinging at each other on the sidelines. What's the mindset of this team right now as we talk now? Don't know. Um, wow. I, I, a lot of it is, has anything changed, right? Because you've been doing this a long time. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the previously called Redskins, now the Washington football team, have a knack for embarrassing themselves. They, they have a knack for just being a mess late in the year and things just falling apart. And, um, you know, what I said in our postgame show after that Dallas just thorough boat race was, I wish I was surprised. Like, but you're at a certain point, you're not surprised anymore by it. Maybe you're surprised by the nature or the, the ferocity of the blowout. But um, I think if, if things are different, yeah, if, if Ron Rivera is the dude that many believe him to be, then okay, let it look different this week. Like now you finally have a full week of practice, whatever your team is in late December, early January, this is them. Like, you know who your guys are going to be like, make it work and get a solid effort and, and let the chips fall. Listen, if they, if they go out and lose to the Eagles 20 to 17 and it's a hard fought game and there's no fist fights on the sideline and you know, there's no just outright embarrassments. I think, I think people here will be okay because they're like, all right, Ron was able to, you know, kind of steady the ship. Mm-hmm. But if that doesn't happen and it's 40 to 10 and Jalen Hurts has four touchdowns or whatever it is, then it's like, man, is this just meet the new boss, same as the old boss? And I think they're legit concerns. B, you can come in and say hi. It's, it's Gunner. What's up, Gunner? Hey, Brian. what's up, B, Mitch? Hey, hey, JP, you, you, you were just talking about uh, a dilemma with this team. You got DeShazer Everett, who was in a car crash, uh, a passenger in his car dies. Uh, Montez Sweat's brother killed on Tuesday down in Virginia. I mean, it's just one thing after another with this team. And can you pinpoint why there appears to be such a dark cloud hovering over this organization? No. I mean, especially when you talk about Like, I can tell you why they messed up like something that should have been a a glorious tribute, the uh, Sean Taylor Jersey retirement. I can tell you why their stadium sucks and why they can't get a new one. Um, I can tell you why it's taken them two years to come up with a new name. Like I I can explain those things. Those are, those are business failures from a dysfunctional organization, but this, I mean, to have two tragic events like that inside of 10 days, I, nobody, I, I, I got no explanation for that. And it's, it's awful. And you, you got to assume, listen, man, like these are real people and that's got to have a real impact on, on your day to day. And I, I don't know the situation with Montez's brother um, outside of it's sad and, and, and I probably preventable. Um, but the Shazer's girl, but I don't want to say girlfriend, the, the woman that was in the Shazer's car that passed, I've known her for, for five years like I and mean, they've been they've been together in some capacity for some time now like I, she's been on the sideline of games a lot of the other 
um, wives and girlfriends of players are all kind of friends and we'll hang out. And, and you know how these jobs go. Like I'm, I have to go to the charity functions. They're at the charity functions. Like you get to know these people. Um, and, and so, you know, both of those things have a significant impact and, um, Rivera kind of talked about it and you just, it's one thing that's weird with Ron is is he's this hard, no nonsense guy. And then sometimes he tries to explain things and sometimes the explanations can sound like excuses, but with that stuff, with, with actual life and death matters, you, I I believe that gets separated from football stuff. Mm. Wow. That's tragic, man. Now, now the last time these two teams met, Eagles racked up 519 yards total offense, 238 on the ground. What's that? Is that good? Sounds like a lot. It's good good for the Eagles, bad for Washington. (laughs) And 238 yards rushing, man. Has has the team talked about that for much of the week and how how to rectify, uh, to make sure that doesn't happen again this time around? I mean, I've talked about it a lot. So maybe (laughs) I don't know if they're listening. Um, Yeah, you know, I think – that game was so fluky, and I think the guys they had – so most of their – if you remember when that game first got postponed and people were flipping out, it was because almost their entire defensive line was out with COVID. Like, they wouldn't have had a D-line. Now, they got most of those guys back for the Tuesday night game, but I think those guys were just gassed. I mean, if you go back and watch that second half of that game, the, the size of the holes the Eagles' backs were running through were massive. Um, and it's funny, we were, uh, we were we did a lot of John Madden talk this week with his passing. And a lot of those plays reminded me of old Madden clips where he would, like, draw a big old circle on how big the hole was. And, like, he would measure from, from tackle to guard's butt how big the hole was. And those things were just huge. Um, I, I, I think you'll see – better play from the Washington defensive line this week and they'll have their linebackers back. I, I don't believe um, they, they were down a few guys in that game at the linebacker position, but Philly's also kind of been ground and pound against everybody, right? Like yeah. you've got oh, yeah. a buck 30 on the ground and is it eight straight or um, uh, nine straight games now? Yeah. So I think Washington and, and I think with Jalen Hurts and kind of the nature of that run game it's not it requires more reaction especially on the second level and Washington's linebackers frankly aren't that good and they spent the 19th overall pick on a kid Jamin Davis who his strength is supposed to be coverage and he's had a tough season against the run um and and his reaction time has not accelerated at an NFL pace so I think Philly's still going to see some success, but you know what really, I don't know that I want to say surprised me, but um, Jalen hurts as a passer, I think was much better than I expected, especially not just accuracy. Cause I had seen him be accurate. Like once he got to Oklahoma, I feel like right, his passing right. skills really jumped, but kind of the reads and the progressions I was really impressed by with hurts. And I kind of think that caught Washington by surprise, honestly. Um, and and I think I think having Cam Curl back now, Cam was back against Dallas, but he was not himself. Um, 
I, I think if he's back and he's playing at his full capability, I think that really slows down Goddard. And I think that could kind of throw a wrench in the Eagles offensive plans. While we're talking about quarterbacks, uh, you mentioned the name Garrett Gilbert. What a story that was. A guy's at home with kids, comes from out of nowhere, starts a game three days later. What's his story now? Is he still with the team? Yeah, so because they plucked him off the Patriots practice squad, he has to remain on the Washington active roster for three games. Um, So that was Philly, Dallas, and then it'll probably be Philly again, and I wouldn't be stunned if they release him. Um, But their roster's so messed up. They can afford to keep him on there. or So maybe you just keep him for the Giants game and get him one more game check because he came in in a pinch. I, I, I don't know. He'll at least be on the roster this week, just kind of uh, the mechanics of it all. But, hell, now they got to pick up a punter. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, you were talking about uh, Ron Rivera being this no-nonsense kind of guy. Do you think the guys will play for him? They won't quit on him, will they? Out of respect? I don't think so. Um but we haven't seen this situation yet. Um, listen, I, I covered a lot of Jay Gruden late season games where dudes quit, um, including probably the coaching staff. I don't think Ron and the staff are that way, and I don't think these players will. But last year, the division was so bad that even though their record was bad, they were chasing a playoff berth. Like, but think, <laughs> I think about this. If uh, if Doug Peterson doesn't pull Jalen Hurts at halftime last year in that Week 17 game against Washington, mm-hmm. I don't know that Washington wins the division, right? <laughs> like, so their guys didn't quit, but they, they kind of got gift wrapped some stuff last year. Nothing's being gift wrapped this year. I, it's easy to get up for this Philly game this weekend because you still have a a, a slim chance of hope. But if they lose to Philly, I'm very curious what it looks like week 18 in the Meadowlands. Hey, uh, I was looking at your Twitter page, and a few days ago you put out there, something has to change at the very top in order for this organization to return to its once greatness. What needs to change in your estimation? Um, what needs to change is ownership, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. So I agree. It, it becomes what will change, and – I, I, Rod, th- this offseason, Washington had a plan, right? It was we have this great young defense that we're going to invest in, build, cultivate, and th- that's going to be our engine to drive us into mm-hmm. perennial play- playoff contention and, and maybe mattering in the NFC. And we're going to do enough offensively. We're going to figure out the quarterback position on the fly. We're going to be able to run the ball. And that's our plan. And, and so they had a plan. Um, I think, unfortunately, that plan has been revealed to be a fraud. Like, the, the plan isn't working. Your defense has not shown to be the same unit it was last year. Um, you know, your, your bottom five in every major statistical category. Don't, don't look at third down defense or um, yards allowed unless you're, you know, trying to, to get something out of your stomach. So. I, I think the problem now is you got to reevaluate what your plan is. And does that put Washington now going into year three of the Ron Rivera era at a, at a new yet entirely repeatable beginning of a rebuild? Mm. Hey, um, including this season, it will be five consecutive seasons now for Washington to have a losing record. 
Fans down there have to be irate, man. I mean, they got to be screaming. If you know anything about the Philly fan base, they would be basically jumping off bridges. I can't imagine what the Washington fan base is like. Things have gone so poorly for so long here, and there's so many embarrassments with the off-field stuff that they've lost a lot of the fans, honestly. Um, Wow. From when I was a kid, from when Brian played, I mean, even to 10 years ago, like the RG3 year or even some of the Kirk years, wait, wait till you see what the stands will look like on Sunday. I, I think it's going to be three quarters Eagles fans. And that's not to say there aren't still very hardcore Washington fans. They're still there um, and they're irate. But I, I think it's just such a eroded, defeated fan base. And uh, I, I do think DC is such like a star town and a quarterback town that the more and more I think about it and they've got a new name coming out, new merchandise to sell, I think they're going to go all in on some veteran quarterback so they have somebody for the front of that program week one next year wearing, you know, new Washington gear. I I really do. If you look at kind of when they've really struggled in the past, there's always been a move. It was Donovan McNabb, it was RG3, it was Alex Smith, and – History repeats itself. Mm. Hey, with COVID surging the way it has been, uh, there's some media outlets here in Philadelphia that are now sending writers and reporters down to cover the game. How are you guys handling it? Will you be in the stadium to cover the game? Yeah, I'll be there Sunday. Um, it's a home game. I drive my own car. But, I mean, hell, they just sent me to Dallas, <laughs> to Jerry World. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If they lose to Philly – and week 18 is in New York. I'm not sure that makes a ton of sense when everything's done okay. on Zoom anyway. Um, well, we'll see. if they win this game, you know, it, it would take a lot of other scenarios to kind of fall the right way. But if they win this game, you know, week 18 has some uh, some more importance. Hey, will Washington ever come up with a new name? Everybody's wondering when, how, where this organization is going to come up with this name. When is that going to happen, man? I think certainly before the Super Bowl. I think it gets rolled out fairly soon here, like within the next month, six weeks. Um, you know, they've had this – I almost think it was paralysis by analysis. They've had this, like, super inclusive um, process to find the new name, and they wanted to get, like, a billion focus groups. And I, I just think it's gone on too long where it kind of just seems like a farce at this point. And just listen, at least half your fans are going to hate it no matter what. People are right, right. old name and the new name to most people will sound silly. Um, so just rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, you know, I, I've been through this as a kid when they changed the bullets to the Wizards, the NBA team. And Wizards is a god-awful name, but whatever. We've gotten used to it. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of think that's what's going to happen here, but we'll find out. Hey, if you could choose a name for him, what would it be? Man, <laughs> I don't know. What would you choose, B? Shit, I don't know the name they choose. So I think it's going to be either Commanders or Red Wolves. That's what I think it's going to be. What? I think, yeah, um, I think Commanders checks all these super generic, unoffensive to anyone boxes. Um, and you can kind of tie it to you know, the DC area and the military and government and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And I think Red Wolves, there's, there's a really vocal, 
I think younger contingent of fans on social media that are like adamantly pushing Red Wolves. Um, the problem is I've talked to team president, Jason Wright, who, who has said over and over, you know, we're not in, you know, we're not beholden to a hashtag. And the old hashtag was HTTR. I, I think there's going to be, I think there is at least part of the, the group over there that wants nothing to do with the term red anymore. Um, my thing with commanders, if you go commanders, <laughs> I mean, the amount of like go commando and commie right. jokes you're going to hear, but whatever, right. everything has a downside. Um, I, I think if you go commanders, you should just rebrand entirely and go <laughs> red, white, and blue. Because yeah. the whole city, like if I'm wearing a, a Nats hat to a Caps game, it works because it's all the same color scheme. It's all yeah. red, white, and blue. It's DC. It's 4th of July and Uncle Sam, whatever you want to think about I think if, you, if you're going to get so far away from the old team name and, and everything, don't stay burgundy and gold. Just go red, white, and blue like everything else in town. Uh, they're not going to do that. They've already said they're committed to staying burgundy and gold. Mm-hmm. But it, it reminds me, like, it's what the Giants are doing right now, where right. they're going to get a new GM, but they're keeping the coach and the quarterback. Like, no real GM wants to take over that job because they're not in charge. It's the same thing that happened in D.C. when – Snyder went and hired Jim Zorn to be offensive coordinator. And then no real coach wanted the job because he wants to hire his own guys. Like start over or don't, (laughs) but don't half step. Hey, final question to you. I know you have to run Uh, back on your Twitter page. uh, I love your line. that says, you know, I hate when folks say nobody is from DC. Does that happen a lot? Totally. That is like (laughs) national misconception that everybody that is here is only here for two or four years, depending two, four or six years, depending on the term they're elected to. And it's total <laughs> and utter nonsense. This is a region of 5 million people. Most of us are from here and grew up watching Brian Mitchell with a mustache and long hair and Joe Jacoby and Mark Rippon and Jawan Howard and Chris Weber. Like it's a real city with real people. And nationally, people are totally dismissive of that. Hey, I know you guys are getting ready for your radio show. J.P. Finley, outstanding reporter, NBC Sports Washington, writer as well. Also, uh, co-hosting a radio show with uh, B. Mitch, uh, 106.7, a fan. Hey, man, happy New Year's to you and yours, and thank you for taking the time to hop on Gun on One. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, man, anytime. All right, man, have Have a great show. Yep, take care. All right, that's going to wrap up. Yes, sir. That's going to wrap up this latest edition of Gun on One, powered by Patterson Square Garden. For my man, J.P. Finley, I'm Derek Gunn. As I tell you each and every week, everybody out there, stay blessed. But more importantly, continue to be a blessing to each and every person you encounter until we talk again. Happy 2022 to everybody. So long. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you.
This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.